This is a Bulldog Radio Podcast. What's good, everybody? The most valuable sports podcast here. Brandon Worth, Joe Nagy, great show ahead. Definitely. We got an interview with Samantha Herman, a volleyball player at Ferris State. A quick college basketball recap, both Big Ten and Ferris, as there was a couple games uh, last Tuesday or yesterday on Tuesday. We do have a Kobe tribute, as the anniversary of his death was yesterday, and a quick NBA basketball recap. So, Brandon, without further ado, let's swing it over to the interview. Now we are joined by Fair State volleyball player Sam Herman. Sam, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. So Sam, I guess the first question is, I mean, last year it was a little bit of a uh, toss-up if you're going to have a season or not. So with, I mean, the season not being able to start at its regular time, what was it like practicing last year, kind of with the differences, the COVID guidelines you had to deal with? Uh, can you just tell us a little bit about that? Sure, yeah. We, we we're kind of prepared to have something different every day. Like nothing was ever set in stone. So I think like coming in with the mindset, just control the controllables, you know, um, do what you can do, play a role. But as well as like the team for practice, we were all super excited to make sure we kept the energy up and we just went to practice and, you know, played like tomorrow was a game day. That's all, you know, all we can do at the time. So. Yeah. And, um, I know you guys are starting up soon, thankfully. Um, Apparently, Friday the 19th in February is the first game against Northern. As of now, hopefully that, that stays. Cross our fingers, praying, knock praying, on wood. Yeah. But um, what what, are, what is going to be um, something you're looking forward to this season? A new team, um, obviously chasing your how many straight GLIAC title? Uh, I think, is it three, Joe? Third three straight? for you, I think, yeah. right? And then seven this year? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. What, right. what, are, what, are we, what are you looking forward to with this team and being successful this year? We are super excited. So, like you mentioned, we have a lot of new people. So, Mm -hmm. we have, like, a new assistant coach. We have some new freshmen coming in, some transfers. But overall, I think we click really, really well. And every day at practice, you know, we just kind of make that relationship stronger. And we play ball together. And just kind of, like, we're all there just to play the game. So, I think overall, like, it's just getting closer, what, three weeks, I think. So, we're Mm -hmm. just super, super excited and just, you know, taking it with playing each practice with some urgency. Yeah, and like we said, with the uh, GLIAC titles that you're going for, and with the new people, is there kind of any added pressure at all, is, or is it kind of just kind of business as usual? Yeah, so, you know, we have the GLIAC titles on our back, so it's kind of like a target with other teams, but I think that, you know, we kind of done this before, I guess, so we're just kind of like making sure that, you know, we're focusing on ourselves and only ourselves and just making sure that we're getting better each day 1%, so. Yeah, and um, obviously you're from... Um, Shan- Shannon Han, is that how you pronounce yeah, it? Shanahan, yeah, in yep. Illinois. Um, <laughs> all the way down in Illinois. What brought you up here to little old Big Rapids, Michigan at Ferris State? Yeah, so it's actually it's funny because um, it was more, they have these camps every year that we go to, and they sent me a, like, hey, come on, come to our camp. And I was like, Ferris State? Like, I never heard of Ferris State. Because, you know, from Illinois, you mm-hmm. know, I never really heard of, you know, Ferris State. So I was like, oh, we'll, we'll go, we'll try it. And I loved it. I ended up loving it. I loved the coaches. I loved how um, Ferris had a like winning program. And mm-hmm. I love how successful they were. And they also, like school-wise, they had my major, which is pre-vet. So it was kind of like couldn't really find that at a lot of schools. But, yeah, overall, it's definitely the best choice. So, 
And can you walk us through kind of what it's like daily? I mean, now and kind of last year too, when it was a more business as usual, what it's like for a day in the life of a Ferris volleyball player? Sure, absolutely. So we now with COVID, we start off with COVID testing three mm -hmm. times a week. So we do that usually at like 8 a.m. And then we'll do our classes and all that fun stuff. And then we usually have some skill in the middle of the day or we'll have um, practice at the evening-ish, so like 4 to 6.30 or whatever. And then um, we'll lift in between that time too. And then we'll have some classroom and there's some Zoom meetings. So it's kind of a lot, but once you get a little schedule of it, nothing too bad. Yeah, but you get used to it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for so. sure. And um, like everything has been changing, but um, as far as like practice goes and like COVID protocols and everything, um, how have you guys adjusted to that? Has it been has it been a real struggle, or has it has it been pretty pretty smooth actually going into to masks? Because obviously, it's definitely varies from team and sport. Right, definitely. Um, I think it also personally, like for me, I think it's been kind of smooth. Um, um, <laughs> good. Um, but because the masks are kind of like you know you're running a lot, you're you know breathing a lot, endurance and all that, but it's you kind of get used to it a little bit, but it's really nice because coach gives us a lot of water breaks so we can kind of take off our mats a little bit in our own corner by ourselves. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, it's been kind of a process, but it's nothing that, you know, we can't handle. Yeah. So Yeah, I mean, it's obviously a little bit of a difference in adversity that you got to face. But I mean, one question that we always ask everybody is coming to Ferris and everything. Brandon usually asks this question. So it's my question. I give you permission. Go ahead. What does it mean <laughs> for you to be a Ferris State Bulldog? Oh, wow. Well, there's a lot a lot to it and I think that it's I mean part of you know just being a part of something so special like um you know a winning team with my volleyball family and then also I think the big rapids community is great and mm -hmm. I love everyone I think everyone really does like care about what everyone else does so it's like there's always so many supporters so I think that it's really good to be a part of it and it's such a good fit so yeah that's awesome. Yeah, Sam, thank you so much for taking the time to come talk to us. And um, definitely root on the Dogs Volleyball Club coming up in February. Woohoo! So. Go dogs! Go dogs! <laughs> Big thanks to Sam for taking time out of her busy schedule and coming on the show with us today. Very much appreciate it. But let's get started with the show. Ferris State basketball had a couple games on Tuesday, men's basketball and women's basketball. They were versus Lake Superior State, our travel partner, like Ben said in Monday's episode. Men ended up losing 80-69, to kind of following that pattern of kind of losing the first game. Not a second game to redeem themselves, so they kind of have to make that up against Michigan Tech this Friday. Brandon, what are your thoughts on the game? Yeah, I was at this game, and it, it, it wasn't pretty. I'm not going to lie, it wasn't pretty. And I know they know it wasn't pretty. Um, Coach Bronkema said that much better team. It just seems like it just seemed like everybody was kind of a little bit out of it. And I I, I don't know if it's just the necessarily the Tuesday game, just kind of a it's kind of a you throw a wrench in the normal routine that we're now accustomed to the Friday, Saturday, or Saturday Sunday doubleheaders that a Tuesday game kind of weird. But it just it just seemed like there were times where like we just got outwit. I know there was a lot of mention in that in the pro post game press conferences that it just seemed like it was a situation where we we kind of just got out of it early like they made a pretty early run on us and they were up by eight at one point and then really from there we just kept clawing back and then they'd extend it to more so if like that first run doesn't happen we're in the game like that there's yeah. no question about it we only lost by 
11 points for crying out loud and we didn't play our best like we we know that we could have beat that team and that we were are just as good or better than lake state and you got to give credit to lake state they came out and they were ready to play they shot the ball really well and that's really what that helped them get to victories just big time moments where like we would get on a little bit of a run and then they would stop the run and that, yeah. that those type of things just kind of kept us and then they'd go on a run for themselves and it it was just it was just brutal. They got a lot of 50-50 balls. They got all, they just had they just scrapped their way to victory. And that that's just something that's hard. It's it's a hard pill to swallow when we're just on the streak that we are so far of losing our first game against opponents. Yeah, and I mean on this on the stat sheet, you know that's the toughest part about not being able to see the games in person. I mean at least you were able to because you work for athletics, but mm-hmm. not being able to see the games in person. The stat sheet is like. How do we lose by eleven? Because it's pretty evenly throughout the whole, basically throughout the whole categories. I mean, pretty even for turnovers, rebounds, and stuff like that. I think the only difference is just how good Mich- or LSSU's bench was. I mean, they had two guys on the bench that scored over ten points. And I mean, when you look at ours, well, he scored twenty three, did his thing, and Dang scored eleven. But I mean, other than Vejas Krizulis, that's the only person that scored over 10 points. And mm-hmm. I mean, that's I think that's when it comes down to is those guys who need to come in to give the starters a rest, maybe have to come in a couple times. That if we can't have those, I don't want to say produced by any means, but if those guys don't play as well as they normally do, then that's going to be kind of the downfall of a game. And I think that's one of the main reasons why we weren't able to top LSSU today. Yeah, unless. and another big reason is we didn't shoot the three ball well. And I mean, we were three of 20, and it, it was kind of it was kind of a brutal. Like, we had open looks at times. They didn't fall. We get that. It just really seemed like like Walt had 23. Yeah, he had, he had a lot of points. How he got some of those points were kind of not, not necessarily like what we're used to seeing. Like yeah, he was, not he traditional. Was, he was scrapping for buckets a lot of the time when we were, we were on, just on a downfall for a minute. They'd be like, all right, let's give the ball to Walt. Let's see what he can do. And there'd be times where he would drive the lane and the, the Lakers are stinking absolutely clobber him it yeah, seemed collapsed like on collapsed him. just there was four guys on him at one point and there was just like okay we gotta find something else but i mean walt did his thing and he he definitely helped us definitely stay in range in this game and he's definitely a guy that we we want to see him at his best because walt at his best is a fantastic player and i mean he wasn't his, he wasn't necessarily his best yesterday he had five turnovers and he struggled early on but i mean it was it was good to see some guys um ding rang had a pretty had a pretty decent or i wouldn't say decent he had a pretty good afternoon um definitely not necessarily seen on the score sheet but he he was a really good guy on the defensive side and really off the ball I mean he still had 11 points which was kind of crazy because like watching the game I was like oh dang hasn't scored that much it seemed like well then you look at oh he's got eight points and it was just kind of a interesting thing uh Logan he struggled I'm not he had uh, I think he was in foul trouble most of the game one of six and a lot of them were just looks that he normally knocks down and it it was really it was really tough to see some of these guys struggle because we know what they're capable of and how great of players they are and they they just all everybody just kind of seemed a little off yesterday and it, it, it's it is tough and you got to give credit to the Lakers I mean Malik Adams was very good coming off the bench he was a really a really key piece to really bring in a spark whenever they got in trouble and we start getting on our run and he really gave us some fits but I mean. It's hard. It's hard. It's really hard to lose game like that, especially against a team that you know that you're just as good as or better mm-hmm. than, and especially at home. And we know that they're going to make adjustments. Coach Broncoma was he was really sincere in his post game press conference, straight, saying that um, 
we we don't know necessarily what we need to do, but we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna look to see what that is. We're gonna take a look internally and see what we have to fix to be the best team we can moving forward. And it, it's it's really it's really a blessing that this is happening right now because we got plenty of time to figure it out before when the real basketball starts in the GLIAC mm-hmm. tournament. So we're 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 in a situation where it's not what we wanted, but it could be much worse. Hey, we could be zero and ten at this point. That's a that's a blessing. We're not zero and ten. We're still a great team, and we're definitely a little bit underperformed. But it's okay. We can still prove ourselves in the second half of the season. Yeah, most definitely. And I mean, I a couple of score updates from around the GLIAC for men's basketball. Saginaw Valley ended up topping Northwood sixty-two to fifty-six. Uh, like we said, Ferris State ended up losing to Lake Superior State eighty to sixty-nine. Ashland loses to Wayne State 58-50. Davenport tops Grand Valley 73-70. That was a pretty that good game. That was a big one. Uh, if you were able to kind of watch the, the recap of that. Uh, Michigan Tech ended up topping Northern Michigan 61-52. And Wisconsin Parkside able to beat Purdue Northwest 93-81. But to now go over to the women's side, uh, we ended up getting the W against it 83-65. We love to see it. Brandon, what were your thoughts on it? Eat the dub. Oh, I'm just <laughs> All kidding. All right, Jameis. I'll stop Jamison right now. No, it was a great win. I mean, the, they it was chips were down in the first quarter. Didn't look too good, but we fought back, clawed back, did what dogs do, and came back and won the game. So it was it was really good. It was really good to see. Um, Zoe Anderson had a great day. She had 12 points, uh, five assists. Um, Caden Blanchard. Caden Blanchard was very good. 32 points. Yeah, and, just a quick thirty-two, no big deal. Yeah, no. Um, her, I mean, her and Mallory in the backcourt. It's just, it's a really, it's a really tough, it's a really tough task to defend them because they can shoot the ball so well at given times. I mean, Mallory went absolutely ballistic in the third quarter of the second Parkside game, which pretty much led to the comeback and the win. And I mean. Caden's just such a good she can score in such a variety of ways and the fact that she had 10 rebounds in this game that just shows you even more how like she has all the tools to really be such a really successful player but I it was it's really it's really good to see a lot of others succeeding as well I mean Mallory had 10 points and she didn't shoot the ball very well she still did really well Ellie Dykstra had 11 Deshauna Day had nine um Ariel Jenkins had she clocked 26 minutes in this game I think that's her season high she definitely contributed in this one I believe she had six points, four rebounds, but it's definitely it's really good to see that they're they're on the right track and they they've really kind of um, I wouldn't necessarily like figured it out because they they've won before this, but now it seems like they're like we're hitting our stride. More. Yeah, yeah. There you go. We were hitting our stride. I think that's the perfect analogy, Joe. Thank you for that. No um, problem. But, that's um, just what I do. It's what you do. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, we we definitely. Um, this one's kind of a little bit more difficult to analyze because obviously we weren't there. But I mean, um, Lake State didn't shoot the ball well like the men's team. Only it's kind of flipped the script yeah. actually when you look at the shooting percentages. Our women shot just as good as the Lake State men's did yesterday. But uh, it's it's definitely good to see we forced turnovers. Um, obviously they didn't make a lot of open threes, so they must have been contested. So our and I, it sounds like our defense by what what's been told and what's we've done a really good job of. Made, turning defense into offense. I mean, we had 23 points off of turnovers to their six. That's huge. Like, being able to turn a team over and score right that, that's a punch right to the chest. That's something really hard to take over and over and over again, knowing, oh, shoot, if I if I throw a bad pass, it's going to turn into two or three points. Like, that's, yeah. a, that's a hard thing to re- recover from mentally. But it's really good to see the dogs get a win. Um, uh, it's it's hard to see um, the men's side not get the same, but it's definitely good to see that we got we got one of the games rather than two. 
Yeah, and I mean... Or rather when, than none. Yeah, yeah, that's what I meant. And when you look at it, I mean, our starting five, almost all of them had double digits. It was only Deshante who had nine, which is basically 10, if you really think about it. But when you have that much production, and off the bench, too, we had a pretty solid amount of production as well. So yeah, when you the have bench, that... The bench is definitely yeah, contributing when a you lot. Have, when you have that, and you have that kind of security net when everyone's playing well, there's not really any time that we can be beaten. I mean, I think that's... That's going to have a mentality that's really going to push us forward for the later part of the year. But, uh, I mean, a couple of updates from the from the GLIAC from yesterday for women's basketball. Ashland beating Wayne State. Kind of figured that. Ashland is one of the Are better teams in the nation. 83-68. Grand Valley State beats Davenport 77-60. Northern Michigan falls to Michigan Tech 55-46. Um, Saginaw Valley beats Northwood 76-72. And Purdue Northwest falls to Parkside 74-72. That one was also you pretty close You said Michigan Tech won? Yes. Ooh, that's going to be interesting because that's who we play next. Yeah. Rub around the hands Friday, together. Yeah, gonna Friday, be, Saturday. Going to be interesting one. At Wink, too. It's going to be going to be exciting exciting weekend of basketball for the ladies. But um, now moving on over to the college hoop side in Division One. Um, a lot of games going on. And um, if you wonder how we, why we haven't talked about Michigan basketball, it's because they're not playing right now. It's really yeah, sad. But um, sad. yeah, unfortunately, one of the I believe it was one of the student athletes. Um, I think it, I don't know if it was necessarily specifically basketball. They never really clarified that. But um, they it, when it was actually said that the that student athlete um tested positive for the new um the new strain of coronavirus that's developed from the um the UK the B one one seven um and it's. It's really, it's really tough to see. Like, um, you you hate to see other teams then because they shut down the entire Michigan athletics program for two weeks. It was what it sounds like, and it's really tough because I mean, the men's we were doing so phenomenally well. The women's were doing just as well, and a lot of the other sports were getting their practices in, and they were starting to get back to the swing of things in the semester. It's really tough, and I, I don't know. They haven't said who or where the person has come from, but just besides the fact it was a Michigan athlete and that they the athletics are shut down. But it's really tough to see, and we, we, wish, we wish our Wolverines the best coming forward because we want them to play again. Yeah, it kind of sucks, especially since we're on such such a great run. And like you said, shutting down the whole athletic program is going to be tough for those teams who, you know, they had the light at the end of the tunnel that they were seeing. They had the hope that they were going to be able to play their season. And now, just as there's a possibility that they won't be able to play again. And I don't think it'll probably cancel their seasons at all, but... Just kind of having another one, another one of those situations where you just get beat when you're already knocked down. It's just kind of a, a really bad shot to morale. But I mean, a couple, a couple of scores from around the league, I guess, is now. I mean, Monday, Virginia, they're eight now. They're kind of climbing up the ranks a little bit. They're able to beat Syracuse. That was a pretty good game. But a top ten matchup: Texas Tech and West Virginia. That was a good game. That was Eighty-seven a good game. to eighty-eight. West Virginia tops the Red Raiders. Um, I mean, pretty good to see. Mac McClung obviously basically carried the Raiders. Thirty, he had thirty points, three assists, so he was kind of dealing a little bit. Um, but West Virginia, they were just solid all around, very consistent. I mean, I think their whole, I mean, first six averaged like fifteen points or something like that. Not all of them were over ten, which is, I mean, you can't really beat productivity like that. Yeah, and the funny thing is, like West Virginia. 
they should have won this game by a lot more. Like they they missed nine free throws. Like if you can imagine, they make those. Like this is a ten point game, and we're talking about it being more of a blowout rather than a close game. So they definitely had some missed opportunities, but you definitely gotta you gotta give credit to you gotta give credit to West Virginia for coming in. Um, talking about this Texas Tech team that they're going to be the next best thing watch out sleeper in the tournament and and they they welcome Texas Tech into their house for a primetime game and they and they take the win you you got to give credit to them because I mean the chips have been down a little bit um last year they were pretty shaky and you know that um you know that they they're not where they wanted to be last year and losing guys like Martin up front that were key um key players in their their little bit of their you could say tournament run even though they really didn't make it that far but they West Virginia was arguably one of the best teams in the country two years ago and then last year not necessarily the same story but you you got to give credit to West Virginia and I mean Mac McClung has been the guy for the for the Red Raiders so far I mean he's kind of established his spot I mean he had 30 of the 87 points I can show you right there he's the guy but um it's definitely a situation where if you're Texas Tech, it's hard. It's hard to know. Like, you you lost this game, but you get you just gotta you gotta shake it off. And you're 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 too good of a team to dwell over this. And you you just gotta give you you just gotta give credit to the Mountaineers and Bob Huggins for getting the job done. Yeah, I mean, it sucks that they lost to a nail biter nail biter like that. But I mean, these two teams could easily have switched places and even been higher up in the rankings. Yeah, they're as ten. Well. They're ten and they're, eleven in the twenty five. Yeah, so it's it's. You knew that it was going to be a great game coming into this, and I think, like I said, it's just it's the difference of Texas Tech having Mac McClung go off and him scoring a lot of points versus West Virginia having solid production from everybody. And I think that's the main reason because when you have everybody involved and everybody shooting, when it comes down to those really crunch time situations, you can really pass the ball to anyone because everyone's feeling it to, that night. And I think that's kind of be the that was basically the main difference, probably. Uh, coming out of this game yeah they had all five starters west virginia had all five starters in double digits and including mcneil off the bench like when you got that much consistent productivity and not relying necessarily on one person to lead you to a win um i mean sometimes that can happen but having having ability to have everybody score just makes your team that much more lethal and um i mean it's kind of like i don't want to like beat a dead horse or anything but like that's kind of what happened yesterday with the men, the men's team for Ferris. Like Walt had a pretty decent game, but everybody else's productivity kind of was a little bit lower than normal, and that definitely it you it shows that depth does prevail in the end, and that's definitely a reason why mm-hmm. West Virginia won that won that basketball game. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, last Saturday, a couple games: Ohio State versus Wisconsin, thirteen and fourteen. Uh, Ohio State ended up beating Wisconsin seventy-four to sixty-two. I was uh, actually surprised. Yeah, I did not think it was going to be that much of a difference, especially how close of kind of in the standings these two teams are. Um, but Ohio State, I mean, EJ Little twenty points, seven rebounds. He played extremely well. Uh, with Wisconsin, they kind of had a little bit more production from everybody else but i guess it's one of the rare occurrences where i mean depth doesn't win you the game yeah i guess i'll eat my own words i know i, <laughs> I know i was surprised about yeah. this too when i was looking at yeah. it Dif- different teams win in different ways and i mean like yeah. ej little has been a guy that i think a lot of people have kind of forgotten about i mean he's a fantastic mm-hmm. basketball player i mean no question about it he's one of their key pieces and they got they got a lot of other good pieces around him. Washington, Young, Arons. Like those guys are definitely 
impactful players. But you, you like Ohio State necessarily. They don't have very. They don't have very many guys that they've never really been that team where it's like okay, they've had. They've usually had like one guy that's been a standout. Like it used to be. Um, shoot, I forgot the name oh, off the top of his head. Ohio um, State. Yeah, Delo was there. Yeah, Delo was there a while ago. I'm thinking of the guy last year. Oh, I forgot but, his name. Um, I I don't know why I'm thinking of Jaron Jackson, but he reminded me of him a little bit. But anyway, uh, I mean, this year it's EJ Liddell. Like they've always had one guy, and then everybody else is great is great complementary players. And like yeah. Wisconsin's more of a team oriented team. I mean, uh, Davison didn't shoot very well, and he definitely is a guy that really can make this team that much better. And it was kind of surprising though that um, Reavers didn't get the start. They're still going. They're still really looking for big production out of Micah Potter, and he's he's been a little up and down. I mean, the Michigan game he absolutely struggled, which was fun to see. Fun to see. But I mean, for them, it's it's he's a guy that you you expect a lot of coming into this team. And you got Nate Reavers there, and, and you got both of them. You're expecting high things, and really, you haven't seen a whole lot. As far, I mean, like the guard play, obviously with Trice and Davison's one of the best backcourts in the Big Ten. But yeah. sometimes they can they can have off nights, and I mean, like Davison's such a fundamentally solid player. Trice can get it done in the clutch. That they that makes them a good team. But sometimes when like one of like the guys around them don't necessarily like like when Reavers Reavers had 11 points and Potter had 11 points, that's good. But like. Wisconsin needs everybody to be involved to to win games. They're not going to be relying on yeah we need thirty five from Reavers or twenty eight from Trice. They're, that's not they they win in a team way. And when when your team doesn't score and your team doesn't play great defensively, that that's that's troubling and that's how you lose basketball games. Yeah, and I mean Ohio State they were I mean their their reserves and a lot of their guys that were the starting five other than the EJ Liddell were kind of sneaky because I mean they didn't have a lot of guys in double digits but they still had production from everybody I mean over eight points eight nine points and add that up you're going to be able to get the W in Wisconsin they had a couple more guys in double digits but I mean when you just have Ohio State who's rolling and who's playing very well it's going to be tough to beat them yeah it's definitely going to be interesting uh Creighton beat UConn over the weekend 74-66 um Creighton they 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 can dial in from long range. I think that's something that makes them a pretty deadly team. But um, Virginia got a, a little bit of a scare from Georgia Tech. They only win by two, 64-62. Uh, I think a lot of people were saying, "Oh yeah, Virginia should have walloped in that game," but they they ended up they didn't end up doing that. Um, Maryland beat Minnesota. Wow, that one was pretty that's surprising. Insane. Like Minnesota, the best home team in the country, arguably playing at home, gets just shut down by Maryland and that just shows you again how deep this Big Ten conference is because I mean teams can beat each other every single night regardless of record yeah I'm we I mean we've been saying that all the time about the Big Ten it's like it's one of the most competitive um, I was gonna say yeah leagues but it's more conferences in college basketball and basically in any sport too I'm, I think it's what isn't the I forget which conference is like the only one that matches the Big Ten in amount of teams in the top twenty-five. Was it the well in basketball? It's usually the ACC, but um, there's definitely wasn't the isn't the Pac-12 or something? I've, I'll look it up. I real mean, quick. the Pac like I think the big the Big Ten is overall like the most competitive conference in the country across everything. Because I mean, the SEC is one of the be- is the best football conference, but outside of that, they're starting to become a pretty good basketball conference. When you got you got teams like Alabama. That are that are doing great things, and you got 
some other you got some other sneaky teams that always kind of slither their way into the top 25 and it's it's I would I would argue that the Big Ten's the best because you like you look across basketball football like yeah, Big hockey, Twelve Big Twelve is the one I was thinking Big Twelve okay yeah I mean Oklahoma Texas those are always going to be good good games regardless but yeah, yeah. I w- I would put the, I mean Division One competition is just so fun because anybody can beat anybody on any given night and that's what really makes it so special but um yeah and that's what I'm looking forward to the uh, uh, tournament too is because that's when we're really going to see the upsets coming that we have that we kind of were cut out with last year. Because, I mean, because of COVID, it canceled out. I'm just super excited to see because it's coming up quick. I mean, we're not to February yet, but March Madness is going to be coming soon. And I'm getting that itch for it. Yeah, we're all getting the March Madness itch right now. Like, I heard the theme song the other day, and I was just like, oh, man. Makes you do a double take. Yeah, you're like, oh, we we, we need to make it one more month, and then we'll get there. But um, some other notable games on Tuesday, meaning yesterday if you're watching this on the day of recording, uh, Texas upset, or I wouldn't say upset by Oklahoma, beat by Oklahoma. Uh, I think a lot of people would have agreed that the chalk pick would have been Texas and they were a little bit better team, but you got to give credit to Austin Reeves and the, the Sooners for getting the job done on the road because Texas has been arguably one of the best three teams at some point in this in this season, and it they've done some great things. And, I mean, obviously you got the, the whole storybook around it with um, Andrew Jones, I believe it is, um, coming back from leukemia and being a part of this team is definitely a fun it's really it's really a cool thing to see because I mean we we wanted to see him back on the floor again and really it's kind of like um Langford for Michigan State as well like as Michigan fans it's like yeah he's a he's a piece that can help them and he's on the bench so it's like yeah theoretically we should we that should give us a better chance to win but you want you don't want to see guys just like get get the game taken away from them because mm-hmm. of these 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 reasons and like i mean cancer is a tough thing to beat and you gotta you gotta give credit to him i mean he's been a he's been a fantastic story i mean he wasn't that great in this game and i think he's he's been one of the key pieces and really that's how i mean he play he plays the most minutes he's one of them he's one of the leaders on the team and he he wasn't he wasn't as good as he normally was against oklahoma and oklahoma not necessarily one of the best scoring teams but they, they figured it out how to, um, to edge it out against Texas. Yeah, and I think the the story is in the first half. I mean, 43 to 30, they outscored them 43 to 34 in the first half. I mean, Texas tried their best to get back to it uh, in the second half because it kind of flip-flopped. But, I mean, with that first half, I think that's kind of what Oklahoma kind of did to cement it because they didn't play as well, like I said, in the second half. Yeah, but, and even that Reeves, like that Reeves shot that went over, like he threw it from behind the backboard and it went in. That was crazy. Like, yeah. I don't know how you even... <laughs> Like that's like, that, that's like the Larry Bird. That's like the Larry Bird shot where he just like the turnaround yeah. while he's falling out of bounds. He's got a bird. <laughs> bird. <laughs> Goes in. But um, Alabama took care of business against the Kentucky Wildcats. Yes, you did hear that correctly. Alabama beat Kentucky in basketball. That is correct. I mean, that's Kentucky. Kentucky what is, is going on? Struggling. Cal- Five and ten. They are like arguably. This is crazy. Kentucky might not make the NCAA tournament. It's true. They're five and ten. They have they're the they have the second worst start in their program's history right now, and they they've got they've got nothing. Like it seems like their defense. Like we've always known Calipari's teams as being able to like really play up to competition in big games, and sometimes they play down a little bit. We like we understand that, but like like their their offense just seems 
absent. And it's kind of weird to, like, see that. But it's, like, this is the funny thing. Like, Alabama outshot him from three. from And, and that's it. Like, overall, you look at the stat sheet, like, this should have looked like Kentucky won this basketball game. And they didn't. And the fact they is... They didn't buy, like, a good amount, too. 11 points. Yeah, like, it's just, like... Well, I don't know what necessarily is going on. I mean, they had 25 fouls in this game, and that's obviously a problem, giving a team 28 free throws. But it's... This, this is the thing. Like, you can be... You can have the best talent in the country, and Coach Calipari is known to, to bring that together. Like, Boogie Cousins, John Wall, we could go into how many other examples... But if you can't have guys that don't play well together or don't play for the, I don't want to say don't the, play for the right reasons, but yeah. being able to mentally be in it every single game, every single night, like, they're not going to be successful. And this is one of the teams that just seems like we don't necessarily know what's going on. But, like, if you're Kentucky, you got to figure it out. And you got to figure it out now because you're on the brisk of not making the. March Madness, which is something we never thought we'd say. Yeah, and I think I think the word is probably for the greater cause because I feel like maybe like they're playing a little bit like center or, or like my self-centered, no, my self-centered and kind of oriented that way because there's not really another reason why I think Kentucky could be playing this bad because Coach Cow has been known to basically even when he hasn't had talent in the past couple years, I mean, well, I wouldn't say, like, hasn't had talent because he's always been able to score big recruits, but not, like, the draft or the recruit classes that has been a little bit less than the ones that he's had. He's still been able to make the tournament. They've still been able to get to, like, round of 32, sweet 16, and play very well. But just what are they doing different this year and what is kind of going on behind the scenes that's on that's, that's going that's affecting these games? Because it's got to be something like that because Kentucky, they can't just go from one of the best teams in the country last year, the year before, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, to one of the worst of their conference and one of the in one of the, like the lower half of the of the of the nation because if they're on the threat of not making the tournament, what's going on that they need to fix? Yeah, I mean, Coach Cal said it in the the press conference. He said we got outwilled, like we're not playing with enough heart. And at the bottom line, it don't matter how many guys you put on the floor. And you don't. It doesn't matter how many stars you have on the floor. Like you need to have a team that can go in and do their jobs and win basketball games and be in it mentally, have mental toughness to get through all the adversity. And frankly, Kentucky hasn't done that. And they're gonna have to find it if they want to make the tournament. But Auburn upsets Missouri in an absolute shootout, 88 to 82. A uh, little bit of a surprise there. Um, I mean Auburn. Like on paper, this is a big upset because Auburn's ten and seven. They've struggled. They're under five hundred in the SEC. But I mean, there's times where they've put together great games, and I mean, this was definitely one of them. Um, I think it's pretty insane that like Sharif Cooper got twenty one free throws by himself. Like that's nuts. And you got to give him credit because he made eighteen of them. So I mean, that you get you get twenty eight points, and eighteen of them are from the charity stripe. Uh, you're definitely doing something right. So, yeah. I mean, Missouri's been a good team, and they're definitely, like, they didn't shoot well, and they still scored 82 points. Like, their offense is legit, but yeah. it it just got a little too streaky, and I think there were times where they definitely settled on looks, and it was just nuts. Like, this game had a combined 71 free throws. That just shows you how physical this game was, and that's <laughs> nuts because, like, when you talk about 
Like if I read you these, 38% from the field, 41% from the field, 24 from three, and 28 from three, what would your expected score be? 60, 50, 60 to 50, 65 to 60. It was 88 to 82, and that's, the free throws were just insane in this game. Like everybody was in foul trouble. I mean, Missouri had three starters that fouled out of this game and two others that had finished with four fouls. Like, I don't know necessarily if it was the officiating or these guys are just playing football or I don't know. I don't know what, <laughs> what the deal was, but yeah, if it was just sloppy or something, because it was you insane. don't see that many. No, and I mean, Auburn, they did well. 36 for 44 from the line. I mean, 81%, especially at that amount, that's going to really kind of strike you for because I mean, when Missouri only makes 18, of the 27 that they have to make, you gotta make. You really gotta kind of push forward and make, and do better at the line and kind of make. It's it's free. It's free. Be, it's free points. Yeah. You. And if you can't if you can't make a free throw consistently as a team, then that's gonna be the difference of chalking a W or an L in the column. Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, some other games. Um, Dayton upsets St. Louis. Um, I mean, upset. Man, I mean, St. Louis was 22 and Dayton's kind of on the outside looking in and then Tennessee woof, almost pretty porous offensive performance but still get it done on the defensive side to beat Mississippi State and that's kind of our college wrap up for the week uh, gonna be interesting to see how the weekend plays out some big games um now we're moving on into a little bit of a more somber topic like I don't, I don't want to say somber because it's gonna be all positive vibes here but I mean yesterday it, was the anniversary of Kobe's death. And that's something that really, it's really, it really never seemed like it was real. No. And it's, it, it really happened. Cause yeah. I mean, like, it's hard to really see, like, oh man, Kobe's like not here anymore. Yeah, he's gone. I think it's more of the way that the news came out with like TMZ, if you can remember, like, they were so quick to, like, get the story and be the first one to report it. That I mean, one, people didn't really think it was real because it's TMZ. And also, like, they... I think it was, I think the story was Vanessa Bryant had to figure figured it out through TMZ first because they didn't even notify her that that happened. Like, they were so quick. And I, think, I don't think it was the right way that people figured out. I feel like it should have been... I feel like TMZ should have had a little bit more class rather than that. Um... But you know, like when when I heard it, I would just I read it and I was just like, they can't no, they can't. Be. I thought it was gonna be it was like a doctored photo or something, or like it was like a doctored article because, like a lot of these guys that you grow up watching, you're like, oh, these guys are like superheroes. They won't like they'll they'll never they'll never die. And then it's like you see that and it's like, well, heroes will be remembered. Yeah. Legends will never die. Yeah, and that's I, I mean that's gonna ring true with Kobe because of his legacy and what he's left behind, and it's. I don't know. It's weird because, like, it kind of, like, you kind of you get used to it, and then you're like, wow, like, he's actually gone, and then, like, you just kind of feel weird about it. Yeah, I mean, Kobe was such an inspiration of the game in so many ways. I mean, he, he, he impacted so many people on the floor, whether it was opponents or teammates or whatever, and I mean, like, talking about some, like, his favorite moments, like, I know one of mine was definitely back in 2013 uh, when they were playing the Raptors. What up? Like, Kobe against the Raptors, it was just like, man, he just turned it on to another level. It seemed like some of his best performances against Toronto. And, I mean, obviously, we could talk about the 81-point game. And 
I mean, the the I know the one that lives in my mind, you could say, rent-free, as some people would say, um, is when he pretty much willed the Lakers to victory in that game. I think it was on March 8th um, when he ended up having, like they were down, I believe it was like five or, yeah, five with two minutes to go. And he was literally going th- three for two, three for one the other way. Like just like double clutch three, double team three, like, and I know I can't remember who the um, the broadcaster was at that point. He had he had a great call on like um, three to tie and like that that whole memorable moment. It was just one of my favorite Kobe moments because it just showed you like he believed he was the best player on the floor at that time. And no matter what situation he was in, he found a way to score the basketball. And that's really what we've seen him do throughout his whole career, frankly. Yeah, I mean he's a he's always been able to really put the. T- I mean, if you remember from his funeral, the the story was Shaq where he said you got to pass the ball around. There's no I in team, and he said there's an Emmy in that MF or whatever. Yeah, there's I in win too. And, yeah, and uh, <laughs> and just to have that mentality, and I mean just the amount of mentality that's been able to affect so many people, like just with athletes and stuff, because you see what he's been able to do. It's just like he win at all costs for him and that's been able to really affect a lot of people and I think that's just been a huge culture that he's been able that he was able to build and so many people kind of honor that legacy because if he doesn't win then or if the job's not done he's not going to celebrate till it's over I mean there was I forget which year it was but a reporter asked him you guys are up three or like three one or three oh in the series like are you kind of happy with where you're at he's like what's there to be happy about and then, and then the guy like stuttered and he was just like trying to sit like trying to kind of fix what he said and he said job's not done we got to get the last win first and I think that's one thing that really kind of showcased what it means to be the great one of the arguably the greatest of all time you can debate people can debate who it is but Kobe obviously has that probably locked in the bag just with his mentality just with his rap sheet and what he's been able to do yeah uh what what would be your favorite Kobe moment Joe I think that my favorite was when uh in I think it was 2008 Olympics I, I forget it was a gold medal game when they were playing Spain and the oh, guy was yes. um the guy was like it. trash talking like thinking that nobody was like gonna hear him and then Kobe started like speaking Spanish and just like yo you suck in <laughs> Spanish and then like uh, I forget. I forget who was on the team, but he's like Kobe. Stop speaking. I think it was Pau Gasol. He was like, "Stop speaking Spanish." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it was just funny. It was just funny because that's he's just, that's what he does. Is just he'll do anything to win. He'll get under people's skin and learning. I mean, he's fluent. In, he's fluent in so many languages too. And I think that's just one thing that you can really respect about him. So anything he did, he went a hundred percent. He just went through it till it was done. Yeah, and he was he wasn't just a great basketball player. He was, I mean, a great father, a great basketball coach even to his daughter um gianna and i mean <laughs> you brought it up the languages thing like he speaks how many languages yeah, he speaks spanish he spoke slovenian to luca like in his rookie season on the sideline which caught luca completely off guard but i mean it was just it, he, he was just he was just a fantastic man and we we really wish that like he was still here with us but his legacy will forever live on but um segueing into the nba now is kind of talking um What's going on with the Wizards? Because they're not figuring it out. I mean, they they lost to Houston in the the revenge game of trades. Um, you could say um last night, one hundred seven to eighty eight. Wizards are three and ten. Yeah, what three and ten? <laughs> yeah. When that when that trade went down where Russell went there, I thought it was going to be a a big difference and kind of a change in what they were going to be able to do. Because John Wall, he was able to. He was able to play well and kind of he establish sh- himself in that team, but Russell is just a di- I'm, 
he just built different, as some people can say. I think he just offers a whole different um, kind of mindset and skill set. But I just don't know why they haven't been able to put it together because when they lose to Houston by that much, especially without having James Harden there and kind of a Houston team that's a little bit depleted, what are you going to be able to fit? Like, what are you what are you going to try to do to make it so that this works out? Yeah, I like they brought in Coach Scott Brooks to try to f- the f- maybe fix the the chemistry and fix the team the team's outlook and their game plans and whatever it may be. Whatever they brought Scott Brooks there, they they obviously wanted him as the head coach regardless if Russ was there. Obviously, with Russ, it definitely helped that case because they were they were re- reunited basically after Oklahoma City with this move. But if you're Bradley Beal at this point. Like I mean, you're 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 gushing your your heart out in these games. I mean, thirty three points. You're just trying to will yourself and this team to victory, and you're coming up short by nineteen points. Like this, this is just a brutal thing that Wizards fan have to go through. I mean, there really wasn't a lot of positives in this game for the Wizards. I mean, for the Rockets, you're like, hey, 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 look who won this trade. All ESPN analysts said the Wizards would be better, but. I mean, with John Wall, Victor Oladipo, that backcourt's honestly not looking too bad. I mean, they definitely, they definitely wanted to play a little bit better. I mean, twenty-four and twenty is still nothing. It's still a fantastic display yeah. from their backcourt. And with Demarcus Cousins with nineteen, that's, yeah, Demarcus, you, you love to see. Yeah, you love to see what they've been able to do. And I mean, they were kind of like, like you said, they a lot of people didn't think Houston was going to be able to kind of really do well because DeMarcus Cousins has been so injury ridden. Victor Oladipo is coming off kind of an injury and kind of trying to nurse it a little bit. And then John Wall, he was kind of, people kind of, I think forgot about him a little bit when he was in Washington, but kind of this resurgence. Houston's trying to pick it up and I think they're really starting to figure out what they need to do. And I think it's probably a, just a better atmosphere to be around because it was so focused. I think the the organization was so focused on making sure that James Harden was happy and making so that he would stay. I think now that he's gone, it's a little bit better because I, I'm pretty sure he wasn't like the greatest, like, I don't, I don't, I don't want to say leader on the team, but he was not the I don't say I don't want to say influence either, but I've he doesn't I feel like he just doesn't kind of work with the organization as well because you know he would fit. go to yeah he would go to clubs rather than kind of working out and stuff like that and he'd be out till four a.m. and stuff like that all the time. But yeah. now I think that they got guys who are there for the organization, there for the greater cause, there to get the try to get the ring and really move past the conference final or get past or try to get to the to the championship and I think that's going to be a difference for the Rockets this year yeah I think for Harden in this case you, you've been the man for how long you haven't got the job done really it's just like okay it goes it basically goes down to the simple principle oh, okay this 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 way of doing it doesn't work so let's try something else if that's if your goal is the ultimate you want the ring then it's theoretical out well, I can't do it with this team. I haven't done it with this team. I'm going to go to a different team and try try with other players. Yeah. And frankly, like, what other place to go for James Harden than reunite with KD and play with Kyrie in Brooklyn? Because Brooklyn at this point, they they're they're not in it. They're not really in it for the long haul. They're not they're, they're not here. They're ready for the short success. They want to get successful now, and they want to prove that they can be the best team in the nation in the NBA right now. And I think that 
with that move, it definitely solidifies them on paper as one of the top five teams in the NBA. But how they perform on the floor then, that's sometimes a different story because, I mean, losing their first game to the Cavs, they struggled a little bit. And, I mean, but time will time will tell because it was literally his first game Harden's first game in a Nets uniform like he's still trying to figure out where what what practice schedule is what the game plans are how things roll situational stuff there that stuff you don't just learn overnight it takes a little bit of time getting used to and that's why Mm -hmm. like teams like the Warriors didn't weren't necessarily successful at the beginning but then once they developed time fixed the system got players to compliment them dynasty built and that's just something that you have to be in the long haul for if you're the Wizards in this case, if Russ and Beal are your long term, but you're gonna have to keep Bradley Beal happy because he ain't happy with three and ten right now. I can guarantee you that. Yeah, but, and kind of I feel like the the disrespect he's gotten from from a lot of fans and from just kind of from people that are analysts and stuff like that, they really haven't been giving the respect to deserve. But I mean, back to what you said about the Nets, they played the Heat um, on Monday. Uh, they beat them ninety to eighty five. That was a pretty good game to watch. Definitely. I feel Brooklyn, I feel like, is really starting to hit a stride where Kevin Durant and James Harden are starting to score pretty evenly, and they're starting to score a lot. And then you have Kyrie Irving and DeAndre Jordan as well kind of picking up what's left over, and they're starting to do really well because their first six all scored over double digits. That's been kind of happening. Kevin Durant's been playing really well. I think it was – I think they're the first team to have – Two wasn't it like two players have like fifty points or something like that, or like average seventy points between the both of them or something. Yeah, they've just been extremely well, and I think now James Harden has kind of found a fit where he can be. Because it's 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 crazy because you'd think that this many superstars on a team. You'd have it where James Harden would be struggling or Kyrie Irving would be struggling to get the ball and kind of be having uh, basically any spotlight on him. But I think they found the fit where they're sharing the ball a little bit more. They're all kind of starting to feel comfortable, and that's going to be when they're going to be dangerous. And they've already shown it too because when they're all hot, which is often, they're going to be able to win a lot of games. Yeah. I think for Harden it takes the pressure off because in Houston he had all the pressure. He had to do everything it seemed like. And that's why, like frankly – he wasn't necessarily the greatest playoff player and still mm-hmm. hasn't been the great playoff player. We'll see what happens. And combined with Russ, too. Russ wasn't like the great. I mean, they those two were like carbon copies of each other. They weren't. They were takeover players who didn't want to pass the ball. Yeah, and if you're if you're the the Rockets, like going through that, you you want to keep Harden around. But I mean, the the thing about it is, is like that system didn't work. Like. Having James Harden be able to score as well as he did was great, but when you get to playoff time and teams are dialing up their best their best defensive strategies against James Harden, like there was times where he was shut down, and when those times happen, and sometimes you have cold nights, and when in the playoffs, it's not like a regular season game where, you're, oh yeah, he was cold, we lost. Okay, it's one game. We got 81 more. No. You got three. You got three at that point, and you can't be cold at any stretch in that if you're James Harden, and sometimes he did, and even the Rockets did when they – it's 20 plus three pointers in the one game. I think it was 27. Like, you have to have people around you that can be those guys. And now I think Harden finally has those people around him. So I think he feels less pressure. Um, the Jazz picked up the win against the Knicks. 108 94. Jazz are solidifying themselves as a legit team. They're, they're better than the Nuggets right now. I can tell you that. Um, Clippers fell to the Hawks. Uh, great game from Trey Young. 38 points. Definitely shot the ball well. Um, our Pistons got a win. Hey yo, we beat the we we beat the Sixers um one nineteen to one oh four. I don't think the Sixers had a full lineup. Um, but you know what? 
A win is a win, and we're going to take it. And whoever says... That's a W in the column. Whoever is the automatic tankers right now, we want to win. So if we win... 10 games, I'm going to celebrate 10 times. And one of them is today. So great great job, Detroit. DeLine Wright had a heck of a game. 28 points, 9 assists, 7 boards. He kind of took over that game. Uh, Pacers beat the Raptors 129-114. Um, they're, they're solidifying themselves a pretty de- good team, too. They're 10-7 and in the record, but they've been playing some good basketball. And now they got Jeremy Lamb back. Malcolm Brogdon's doing borderline MVP conversation type things. And, I mean, the, he's he's been great. Uh, Celtics fell to the Magic, 117-108. Magic kind of finally getting on the road back up to the win column after their hot start. Um, you brought the Nets in the Heat win. Uh, Lakers beat the Cavs. Um, 46 from LeBron. What? Yeah. <laughs> he kind of went We bananas. haven't seen that in a, in a, kinda, in a long he, time from he, LeBron. He kind of borderline went Kobe. He took no. over the game. Yeah, he really just... Went crit because like thing is we don't really see that a lot from LeBron lately because like we see more like twenty five thirty points sometimes thirty five and kind of but you don't really see pushing forty and you don't see over forty too often and that's when he just been able to really push. I mean he's just kind of I guess he's found the fountain of youth again because he's just playing like he's younger. Yeah, he's he's found the fountain of youth. Um, Nuggets beat. The Mavs, 117-113. If you're a Dallas fan, please don't freak out. It's literally game number 17. It's okay. There's plenty of time left. Um, I mean, that's the same thing for the Wizards. They could win 10 straight, and then look at them. They're in the playoff conversation. Yeah. Uh, Celtics beat the Bulls. Um, The backcourt of... um, I mean, it was kind of weird in this game, honestly, because it was like nobody really, like blew up for the Celtics. Tatum at 24, Brown at 26. I mean, that backcourt is one of the best in the NBA. Definitely one of the best young, if not the best young backcourt in the NBA. But, I mean, they had they had overall great production. I mean, Tristan Thompson was the only one that didn't score in the starting lineup, but Tristan Thompson doesn't need to score. I mean, he, no. just, he grabs boards. He's like a Drummond kind of a guy, but a little bit less scoring threat. But... It's definitely cool to see the Warriors though. They're back up nine and they're nine and eight now with their win over the Timberwolves. Um, Steph showing his range off once again, like he always does. I mean, I think he had like a thirty footer, even though it might have been thirty two. I don't know, but he he's back to his old self, and it's good to see Steph doing Steph things because when Steph does Steph things, he's fun to watch. And I think that'd be a agreeance to everybody, regardless if you watch basketball or not. And finally, last game, Thunder edge out the Trailblazers. 125-122. SGA, Shai Gilgis-Alexander's he's doing some great things. He's showing that he's one of the best up-and-coming players in this NBA by play, outplaying Dame Time. I guess Dame Time's going to be their next game. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> Dame Time is not last night. But anyway, um, thank you guys for tuning into the show. We appreciate your view. If you're watching, or if you're listening, whoa, watching, maybe we should get a camera. I'm, is that in the budget? Is that, is that in, in the budget? Do President you guys want to see us do live shows? Let <laughs> us know on our social media. Go on tour. At the yeah, we can go on tour. Like have our own bus and everything. That'd be that'd be pretty sweet. That'd be lit. That'd be solid. Yeah, let us know on should we should we start a live show? <laughs> should we start all these big things? You got first. You got to follow us at the MVSP on Instagram and Twitter, and then. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all nine of them. There's so many that we don't even know what they are. Uh, well, we know what they are, but they're not necessarily as relevant. Yeah. I mean, like, 
there's there's like so many platforms out there but yeah. we are very appreciative of all of our platforms but until next time we'll see you later take care everybody